This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. The Heilige Rebbe Reb Zusha of Annapoli was always happy and never worried because he felt like he never had any problems. And even though he was extremely poor and he never knew where his next meal was going to come from, he knew that everything that happened to him was straight from Hashem. And so he accepted everything that happened with great joy and happiness. One time Reb Zusha went to visit his Rebbe, the Magid of Mezrich, who was the successor of the Baal Shem Tov. And as he was on his way out of the house, on his way to travel to the Magid, his wife shouted, Zusha, you know we have a daughter to marry off. And I've told you many times to get a blessing and some advice from the Magid regarding our daughter, and you always forget. Please, Zusha, this time, please remember. And Zusha said as he was leaving the house, Zusha will try to remember. Bezas Hashem. And so Reb Zusha went to the Magid, and he told about all the problems of everyone around him. And of course, he forgot his own daughter. And just as he was about to leave, the Magid of Mezrich said to him, Zusha, don't you have a daughter to marry off? And he said, oh, right, Zusha, forgot to mention it to the Rebbe. Thank you, Rebbe. Just like that, the Magid hands him 300 rubles, more than enough to pay for the whole wedding. And he says to him, Bracha v'atzlacha. May you have a blessing and lots of success. Thank you, Rebbe Zusha said. And he heads home. And on the way back, he was traveling. He was on a little wagon with a little horse. And as you know, when the sun starts to set, in those days, people didn't have headlights and the roads weren't lit, and it was dangerous to be out at night, so everyone had to stop at an inn and spend the night there. And Zusha pulls into this little kosher inn, and he sees it's full of people. He goes inside, and he learns that there was a wedding happening right then and there, and all the people in the town were celebrating the wedding. But as he got closer and closer to the chuppah, he saw that there was no joy, just frustration and confusion. So Zusha asked, what's going on here? How come the kala... And the mother of the Kala are so unhappy. And everyone told Zusha they had received 300 rubles as a dowry for the wedding. And somehow they lost the money. And so the mother of the bride is trying to figure out where the money is and she can't find it. And everyone's trying to figure it out and the groom is becoming very impatient. And so then Reb Zusha stands in the middle of the banquet hall and he says, everyone quiet, shh, quiet, quiet. So everybody quiets down. Zusha says, I understand that some money was lost here. And it just so happens that I found some money today. So everybody started clapping and saying, Yay! Mazel tov! Wait, said Reb Zusha. I need to talk with the mother of the bride. And I need her to tell me exactly what, how much money there was and in what denominations. How many fives, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds. So the mother of the Kala... She comes forward and she says, well, I remember we had this many 10s and this many 20s and this many 50s. And Zusha said, Zusha will have to go back to his room and check whether the money he found is the same as the description of the mother of the Kala. And so some people were very excited and they started dancing with joy and others were waiting around, feeling very tense. In the meantime, Zusha went to the money changer and he took the Magid's 300 rubles and changed it into the denominations that the woman had described to him. And then he came back 
with a big smile on his face and said, Mazel tov, mazel tov to everyone. The money that I found is exactly as the mother of the Kala described. It's exactly the same. So now everybody started to really dance. But Zusha quieted everyone again. Shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. And he holds up his hand. He said, it's true that the money here belongs to the mother of the bride. But since I'm the one that found it, I feel like I deserve a little bit of a reward for my efforts. And everybody's standing there, shocked. They don't know what to say. They think, what chutzpah did this guy have? It was obviously this woman's money. And now on the night of her daughter's wedding, he's going to be so cruel as to say he's not going to give her back the money until he gets his commission. So people start pushing and shoving. People want to have a word with Rebzusha. And one of the family members, he calls for quiet and he says to Rebzusha, No, no, tell us how much do you want for your efforts? So Rebzusha, he thought for a moment. And then he said, I think 25 rubles is a fair reward for my efforts. 25 rubles, the crowd shouts in unison. What, are you kidding me? That's unfair. That's absurd. So now people started beating Zusha and dragging him out of the hall. But Zusha, he grabbed onto the money and he held it tightly. Didn't matter how much anybody beat him or shouted at him. He held on to that money for dear life. And every few moments, somebody else would give him a punch and try to grab the money. But he wouldn't let the money go. And Suzusha said, Is there a Rav in this town? Is there a rabbi? Let's go and get his ruling. So everyone says, Okay, yeah, you're right. We have to take you to the Rav. And so they grab him by his feet and by his arms. Rebzusha can't move and they carry him to the rabbi of the community. First, the mother of the Kala says what happened. And then this Chassid who claims that he's a student of the Magid of Mezrich pulls off this stunt that he wants to get paid a reward 25 rubles. And as the Rav is listening to this, he looks at Zusha and he says, What chutzpah do you have? And you call yourself a chassid. You give the entire sum to this woman. And so Zusha did what he was supposed to. The rabbi said he had to give the money away. And everybody started shouting at him and throwing food at him as he left. And a few months later, the Magid of Mezrich happened to pass through this town. And he stopped to visit the local rabbi not knowing what Reb Zusha had done and what had happened afterwards. And the rabbi said to the Magid of Mezrich, you know, one of your Hasidim was here, and his behavior was very strange. So the Magid had a big smile on his face, and he said, well, what happened? And the Rav explained to him that there was this guy, Reb Zusha, tried to steal money that wasn't his, take 25 rubles that wasn't his. So the Magid said to the rabbi, okay, I'll take care of this matter when I get back to town. And so when the Magid returned, he sent for Reb Zusha. Reb Zusha standing in front of the Magid. And the Magid says to Reb Zusha, I understand why you wanted to give away the money in the first place. But you returned to the inn a second time. What did you have to have such chutzpah to ask for the money? So Reb Zusha said, and he was a little embarrassed, that the Magid had discovered his little ploy. He smiled and he said, When I went to the money changer, my Yetzirah said to me, Zusha, you're such a tzaddik. No one but you would do something like this. This mitzvah is probably the greatest thing you've ever done in your entire life. And the Yetzirah was trying to get me to think that I was really something and blow up my ego. And I realized that this was a trap. And if I fell into it, the mitzvah that was real mysterious nefesh for me, real self-sacrifice for me, would have been tarnished. It would have been almost as if I didn't do it. So I created a plan that would get me a lot of abuse and insults. People would hit me, get angry at me. And when that's happening, 
Even the person with the biggest ego in the world can't be proud of himself. And so I was able to do one mitzvah in my life without any pride and without thinking that I was something special. And let me tell you, Rebbe, this is the way that I need to do mitzvahs. So the Maggid of Mezrich, he says to him, Zusha, hang on a second. He says, this isn't for you. This is for your wife, your holy Rebetzin. Here's 300 rubles to marry off your daughter. And this time, please, don't play any stunts. Just marry off your daughter. You know, we listen to these stories of Reb Zusha, and we think, ah, Zusha, he's like this funny little character. But let me share another story with you about Reb Zusha that will show you what a powerful Rebbe he was. Reb Zusha had a few Hasidim, and every day they would bring him his lunch and his dinner. Lunch was around 10 o'clock in the morning, dinner about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The way it would work is Reb Zusha would be sitting in the Beit Midrash learning Torah, and he would raise his eyes to the heavens and lift his hands up in the air and say, Ribono Shalalam, Master of the Universe, Zusha is hungry. And the Hasidim would hear this, and they had already prepared his morning meal, and they would bring him his uh, late breakfast, early lunch. Zusha would say, Thank you, Ribono Shalalam, say a bracha, eat the meal. The Hasidim would come and clean it up, and Reb Zusha was so engrossed in his learning, he didn't even notice who was there. And, and then, of course, in the afternoon, four o'clock, Zusha's hungry again, and Reb Zusha says, Ribono Shalalam, Zusha's hungry. And the Hasidim would bring him his second meal of the day. But one day the Hasidim looked at one another and they said, who does Reb Zusha think he is? What is he shouting out to Hashem for? We're the ones who bring him the food. He should just say, Reb David, please, bring Zusha the food. But he shouts, Ribono Shalalam. So you know what? The Hasidim decided, we're not going to bring him his food at 10 in the morning, and we're not going to bring it at 4 in the afternoon. And let's see who brings Zusha the food. Zusha saying, Ribono Shalam, Zusha's hungry? Or the Hasidim that actually prepare the food for him and bring it to him? So, 10 o'clock in the morning the next day, Zusha raises his hands to the heavens and says, Ribono Shalam, Zusha's hungry. And nothing happens. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Zusha says, Ribono Shalam, it's not a fast day. Zusha needs strength to serve the master of the universe. Please, Ribono Shalam, Zusha's hungry. Nothing happens. Comes 4 o'clock and Zusha says, Ribono Shalam, it's been all day and Zusha hasn't eaten. Please, Ribono Shalam, I'm begging you. Zusha is hungry. And the Hasidim are standing there and they're just watching to wait to see what happens. Because all day, nothing happened because they didn't bring the food. And all of a sudden, this beautiful carriage pulls up. And the door opens and servants come out with silver plates on silver trays, dressed in beautiful suits. And behind them is this clearly a wealthy Jew. And they go storming into the Beit Midrash. And they open a table in front of Zusha. They put down a beautiful white tablecloth and set it with beautiful silverware and put down plate after plate after plate and take the covers off while the wealthy man stands there and watches Reb Zusha eat. And then when Zusha's finished, the servants clean up everything, and they start running out back to the carriage. But the Hasidim, they stop the wealthy Jew, and they say, Hey, who are you? Where are you from? What is the, all this? What's going on here? And the wealthy Jew, he says, My son has been sick for a long time, and no matter how much davening I've done and any act of kindness I've done, he doesn't seem to get better. And last night, my father of blessed memory, he came to me in a dream. He said, My dearest son, you can heal your son if you do this one thing, there's a great tzaddik whose name is Reb Zusha, and here is exactly where he lives. At four o'clock tomorrow, you bring him a meal, and while he's eating, ask him for a bracha, and I promise you that your son 
will have a full recovery. And of course, his son did have a full recovery. May we all merit to be a little bit like Reb Zusha. Every day, a little bit more. I'd like to thank the latest supporter of this podcast, Katie Tapper. Please consider becoming a supporter of this project. The Hasidic Story Project has reached people from around the world. There are many kids going to sleep at night listening to the Hasidic Story Project. Each episode takes time to record and edit and upload. And if you haven't yet become a supporter, an easy thing to do is to simply leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to this podcast. And make sure you share it with your friends. It will help us reach a larger audience. If you've been listening to the stories and enjoying this project, please consider becoming a supporter by going to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com.